Welcome to Diverse Tech Founders, a podcast about the one thing older than capital, people like you and me. Now here's your host, Abraham J. Williamson. Welcome to the Diverse Tech Founders podcast, connecting you to tech founders around the world now. In fact, we have a great guest for you today coming all the way to us from I'll Let Him Tell You. Uh, we have- <laughs> We have today uh, Shalom Osiadi of Eska Menu, who's going to come and talk to us about how they're revolutionizing the food and menu space. Uh, so let's get right into it. Introduce yourself and tell us our favorite first question. Where did you grow up? Sick question. Uh, first of all, thanks for having me. I really love being here. Straight to it. I grew up in Dublin, Ireland. I was born originally in Nigeria. I moved my parents emigrated over here when I was about nine, and I've been living here ever since. I'm about 27 now, although you might not be able to tell from my baby face. But uh, yeah, it's been it's been a, a long couple of years out here, and this is pretty much, this is home. So that's the Nice. So coming to us from Ireland, that's nice. Tell us about your tech background, because I know you have quite some experience and you know it sounded like at least from our initial calls there's nothing you can't do but why don't you just <laughs> the contours of your abilities on the tech side okay it's a good one so i'm I, i'm a little bit diverse in my backgrounds my experiences i have dabbled in ar i've dabbled in e-commerce i've dabbled in virtual reality but my main i would say bread and butter is you know, data science, data analytics. Um, I kind of fell into it after I graduated from college um, and I kind of loved it ever since. And that's what I, that's pretty much my my day-to-day um, aside from entrepreneurship. I also dabble with, with blockchain and crypto. What do you mean by dabble? Because uh, I'm sure there are some people who probably read an article and thought that was dabbling. That's not what you're talking about. <laughs> no. no, so I've built projects and companies in each of those spaces. My first sort of taste of entrepreneurship was when I was 15. I was brought on to actually help my parents start an online business that they had been told about. And that was kind of how I got started. I started researching, you know, e-commerce, ended up building my my own or several websites. And I was making a, you know, a good bit of money at the age of 15. And I was like, you know what, this is it. And then the following year, I was essentially told to stop. You know, you got to go to college. Everything else is, yeah, everything else is, is out the window. So, you know, I stopped that, went to college and then in college, obviously I was doing little bits and pieces here. I was kind of you know, selling headphones, hats, you know, any kind of swag just to keep myself going through college. Soon after I graduated, I started um, an AR project. So basically my team and I built a software that actually allowed architects and civil and structural engineers to visualize their project in real time in 3D on an open landscape. So say, for example, you were an architect and you wanted to build a house in some field somewhere, you would just take your smartphone or your tablet, you would import your CAD drawing, and it would literally just in augmented reality show you how the house and the home would look on that space. It was very cool as well because you were able to actually say, for example, for the structural and civil engineers, you could draw in the floor plan into that space so you would walk into the home in ar and you could actually see the piping you could see where yeah your plumbing your electricity everything was awesome Um, but unfortunately that didn't really take off we just didn't have enough business acumen at that stage but yeah it was it was a cool project i could go on but you know i'm a i'm gonna let you ask a question 
don't hesitate to reveal <laughs> more than you think we want because we want to hear your background. But you're right, we do have several questions coming through, and I'm sure some of your other backgrounds going to come out. So let's get into your current company. Not a project, it's a company ready to launch. Tell us when the launch is going to be, but just kind of break it down for us. What is Esca Menu and from where did this idea originate? Good question. So Esca originally started life in July of 2020 as a digital menu service that offered contactless payments and online ordering to restaurants, bars, and hotels across the world, but obviously basically in Ireland at the start. What it is essentially was it allowed them to remove paper menus from their business and actually allow customers to then order, you know, via table service while giving smaller to medium sized businesses access to online ordering, commission free online ordering. Um, However, we decided in about November to pivot because I realized that, you know, there was quite a niche that wasn't being served. And that was the home cook social media chef niche. Now, I'm sure a lot of you may or may not know, you have a lot of, you know, you know, a lot of talented chefs, a lot of talented cooks in your family or in your social life. And, you know, you've probably spurred them on to start their own business, but the startup costs are way too high. Nobody wants to go spend $10,000 and trying to rent a location ETC. So Escamenu is now becoming a peer-to-peer on-demand homemade food ordering platform that basically allows home chefs, foodies, cooks, anybody with a knack for cooking to start their own business and actually reach the general public. So think Airbnb meets Uber Eats. And that's that's essentially what we're building now. So release stage is circa and um, first week of April. Um, fingers crossed, things keep going the way they're going and we'll be able to you know release our beta by then. That's an awesome, thanks for the sneak peek on the timeline. We'll be wet with anticipation <laughs> to drop. Take us back to that field, actually, and drill down, burrow, if you will, into the technical solution itself. There are people on here who, you know, they got a little tech background. They, they want to know, what mm. is your technical solution? So the technical solution, to give you a brief background, our code base is written in React, HTML, and the back end in Firebase. So we are currently building it out in our beta to sort of test out the market and see how things scale. Once we're able to reach a certain number, we're probably going to move on to AWS for our backend or zero, depending on, on pricing, really, and you know which company offers us the best rates. So the technology is very simple. You have a web service that basically allows projects. So one of the key things is this is not a regular mobile app. It's what we call a progressive web application. So we bypass the barrier to entry of the app store and going to have to download an app. All you got to do is visit our URL and it will literally allow you to save that website as an application on your phone. So whenever you want to make an order again, all you got to do is scroll through, through your home screen and just click order. There's no download through the app store or anything like that. So it gives the public a very easy to use version in terms of being able to access our platform quickly. And obviously our chefs will be able to manage their dashboards and their backend ETC, which are all built in React through their website or the um, web application that will be on their phone, so AKA the app. So that's a very quick overview of kind of how it works. Obviously, there's some more technical bits in there, but my CTO is the best guy to do all that explanation. That's super cool. So you're getting ready to launch, if you will, and that takes, you know, sometimes it takes a, a lot of resources to make that so. How did you prove to stakeholders 
that your target customers will use Esca menu over the other platforms where they can find the food that they want in their neighborhood or community they hope? So very good question. And for this, I'll give you a little bit of backstory as to why we really went and dug down into this niche. When I was in college, my I lived away from home. I didn't have access to my mom's cooking. I didn't really have access to local authentic food. As, a, as you know, I'm Nigerian, so that is my bread and butter. So I was spending about 250 euros a month on takeaway. And my friends, yeah, <laughs> my friends will testify to this. You would walk into my room in my house and you would see literally, I used to call it the leaning tower of pizzas because it was literally everywhere you see was just pizza boxes and takeaway meals everywhere. It got so bad that I was actually hospitalized with a gallbladder issue. <laughs> yeah. And I started figuring out, I started to say, either I really learn how to cook immediately, which was really, I was lazy. I was really trying to do that. And, or I find an option to eat more healthy, more authentic food. And a friend of mine, his sister offered to start making me homemade meals that she would package and give it to me. And it would last for about two to three weeks, depending on the size. And obviously I, you know, started to pay her for this service. And all of a sudden I realized I was spending approximately the same amount of money, maybe call it 150, maybe 200 euro a month because the food was number one, so good. And number two, I really felt a whole lot better. Like I was now able to really see the difference in not just how I felt, but also how I looked. And I was satisfied way, way more. You know, you would eat a takeaway and within a, a couple of minutes or, you know, an hour or so you're hungry again. So I was just feeding myself a lot of bad stuff without really realizing the negative effect it was having on my body until I switched back to my local authentic menu. Soon enough, after she was giving me all these meals, I recommended her to a couple of friends. And now as we speak today, she has a booming business because of this. And the funny thing is, there are a lot of people like her, but they don't have a, a network. They don't have a way to really scale and reach more customers. And be, that's because... Just Eat won't take them. Deliveroo won't take them. Uber Eats won't take them. They're home-based, too small, and these companies charge ridiculous amounts for commission per order. So that's where we had the idea for Escalite. This is really something that could, number one, help people in our community scale their businesses. And then number two, it could definitely revolutionize how the public eats. That's awesome. And kind of leads into this next question that we all want to know, right? Because we want this to get out of your head and into the physical world. And in doing so, you're going to have to interact with customers. So who are yeah. your best customers or who will they be? So our customers are two people. Number one, our community. Our community are our number one customers and also the lifeblood of Esca Menu. Those are our foodies, our chefs, our cooks, those people who are have a love for cooking and are trying to really start something and build a business without having to spend tens, if not hundreds of thousands of euros doing so. The second would be people like me and you, people that really love the taste of mama's cooking, people that would rather eat a bowl of rice and chicken than order a fat stir fry off of the Chinese restaurant down the road, and people that really want to see their communities prosper. As I said, the chefs on our platform are really making authentic homemade meals. These are things that you cannot find in the restaurant. And there are people as well that are doing this and trying to serve other people that look and speak like them. And that's really the people that we're trying to reach are those people that are really craving for that authenticity. People that are trying to really support others that are like them and also trying to eat healthier and just pay less and feel better about themselves. So those are our customers. But at the end of the day, our community is 
they are number one, one hundred percent. Put the community up front at first; they'll support you and keep you going in the long run. So it sounds like you've mentioned this to more than just us on this podcast. So what's it like <laughs> pitching your company while you're trying to build it, working a demanding day job, and/or having a family? You got a lot going on in your life. What's it like pitching? Eska menu while you got all that going on? I would say I'm, I'm used to it now at this stage because I've been through this process a few times. However, because Eska is so much closer to my heart, I'd say, than some of my other projects, it does take a little bit of an extra toll because I feel the need that it has to be perfect. I had the opportunity to pitch to uh, Manny Fernandez not too long ago via Clubhouse, uh, one of the sharks on Shark Tank, and I could hear myself palpitating. You know, I was like, oh, so it's a Honda, Honda man. And I was kind of like, why is this happening? But I also realized it was because I really want this to succeed so much that I put my everything into it. So the difficulty that comes when you're sort of working and managing your personal life while also trying to build this is really trying to find what comes first. And at the end of the day, family is always there. Family is always number one. But this is 100%. I would say where my heart lies. So it's it's just about trying to prioritize, you know, and as long as you know what's number one in your life, everything else will sort of start to fall into place. So it's about Legos, man. Just build it up however you want to manage it. I like the visuals and I'm sure that'll resonate with a lot of people who got their starting tech with Legos. Hey. <laughs> but so let's talk teams. Mm. Okay. Talk to us about your decision on whether or not to bring on a co-founder. You mentioned your CTO. Just talk to us as well about this because it's one that a lot of people may struggle with. And primarily because everybody doesn't have the tech background that you have. And folks who do have a tech background still may need some help. Get us inside your head, Shalom, in terms of making the decision to bring on a co-founder. One thing I'll say to any entrepreneur out there is you are way more likely to go farther together than you are alone. That is a fundamental fact of life. So my decision to bring on a, a co-founder wasn't an option to me. It was, this needs to be done. And although, yeah, I do have the tech background in terms of really building out excellent software, I'm not a software developer. And that skill set is extremely important to the type of tool that we are trying to build. So my co-founder is someone that I met about four years ago, extremely talented individual, and we get along, you know, like a house on fire. And those requirements are important, I think, to any team to have that. So for me, it was never, it was a no-brainer. I couldn't do this alone. That's that's just how it is, you know, so your team is important. Makes a lot of sense. I like that. Didn't have an option. That's cool. <laughs> so uh, we're going to shake it up a little bit. Should be worried? <laughs> but it's one that... You get some interesting answers. It really gets at your money management skills, if you will. Mm. So what would you do with a million, I'm going to say euro, because of what <laughs> Yes. Yeah, yeah. Euro in funding right now. What would you do with it? And this is no mm. strings attached, okay? You ask for it. Somebody, you find a bag full of a million dollars. It's for you to spend however you want. Nobody is telling you how, nobody to answer to. How are you spending those euros? I would hire... Five of the best developers in the world, a really top-notch marketing consultancy, pay them whatever they need to get our name out there, and then get a lot of brand influencers on our platform, really pushing it. Also, you know, again, community, because at the end of the day, this is about giving back to people who are really trying to do what they can for themselves and their families. 
I would put that back into our communities to tell them, hey, look, scale. First thing you got to do, and however you need to do that, if you need to build an extension in your house to build a kitchen, if you want to go out and get a, a space for a physical building, whatever it is that you're trying to do, there is a pot here. So you guys can divvy this up and find avenues to really build your businesses. But at the end of the day, we are trying to do that on their behalf. So doing excellent marketing, building the best possible platform that we can, and also the team, getting more people on this team. Five developers sounds great and all, and it you know, sounds a bit unnecessary, but realistically, when you are building a platform of this scale, you need the best minds and they cost. And that's what I would do. So marketing, developers, community, top three. Love it. You've been you've been giving us some some really quality advice so far. Now, why don't you hit us with some cross hemispheric gems for the <laughs> audience? Okay, and tell us when you've received it, what's been the most profitable piece of advice that you've received since you first started building Escamenu? So funny enough, a mentor spoke to me a few days ago and one of the pieces of advice that he gave me was sometimes it's good to know when to sort of let things go. Good to know when to cut your losses. And the reason was we were recently approached to sell the original arm of the business. And my team and I were a little bit hesitant. His first suggestion was, look, you need money. And at the end of the day, you can't build something of this scale, just bootstrapping it. So whatever you do, always think about how is this going to help me get to the next step. And that was probably the most important piece of advice I've gotten in a while because it allowed me to stop looking at the startup as just a project like, oh, this is my baby. I wanted to do this and I wanted to feel like this. At the end of the day, you are trying to build a business. You can't do the things that you want to do if you don't look at your project through a very, very strict lens of this is cut and dry. There is no gray area. And that was really what opened my eyes to be like, I, if we're really going to do this, we got to do it right. So that would definitely be it for me is to number one, know when to cut your losses. And number two, put money into what you believe in as quickly as you can. And if you have an option to get financing, whether it's to sell something or go down the route, if you know what you're going to do with the money, go right there, take it and build, build the dream. But also remember, you got to bring that money back in. That's the important thing. You know, a lot of us sometimes are like, oh, this is great. I'm doing what I like, but you can't do what you like forever if you're running on empty. You know, you must be looking at our questions or have listened to some of these episodes before. Let <laughs> us right into that next question. So why don't you tell us how you're getting that money back? How do you make money or how do you plan mm-hmm. on making money with Escamenu? Very good. So our community pays us a subscription fee for being on the platform. Because we were able to scale their businesses so far and wide, we thought a subscription model similar to you know Netflix or Spotify, not too over-exuberant where they're kind of asking questions like, yo, come on, but definitely in and around the median range that'll allow us to scale quickly, onboard more people, generate that income, and also then build more tools to allow the public and our community to basically interact a lot easier. So that's the primary method We are also talking about maybe charging a small 1% transaction charge per order. And when you look at that combined with a monthly subscription model, you're still paying less than you would if you went 
for one of our mainstream competitors, you know, who are literally, I'm not going to say the rates, but you can Google it. You know, they are literally charging an arm and leg and that's because they can, (laughs) you know, but for us, it's all about maintaining a fair and equitable amount to allow people run their business while also building up our revenue stream to build more things. Love it. And super curious about your answer to this topic, primarily Mm. because not only are entrepreneurs like yourself in many ways very similar to creatives and you know the hustle aspect and creating something out of nothing in mm. a lot of ways but you're also in the food space and chefs are artists in their own right so curious to know for you which artists have been most impactful and most inspirational to you and the work that you do it could be that you model your work after a visual or a musician or any any artist that you can think of, sculptor, what have you. Uh, but which artist kind of comes to mind when we ask this question about which one most inspires your work? That's a great question. It's tough because I love music. I always have. Hip hop is my favorite genre. But Michael Jackson is the most influential musician in my for me in my life. I'm not going to say we modeled, you know, I'm modeling the business after him, but definitely in terms of business and scale, Jay-Z would be a go-to for me. And the reason for that is Jay literally came out of nothing, built his name in an industry where it seemed very unlikely for somebody like him to do it, and then quickly diversified. And he used that artistic talent, turned it into business acumen and became a billionaire. And I think it takes a special sort of mind to be able to do that and do it successfully. So Jay-Z would definitely be up there. Michael Jackson for his just artistic inspiration. And yeah, you know, a little bit of Kanye as well. You know, he's kind of crazy, which is not not to say negatively, but crazy in a good way. He thinks so out of the box and so far-fetched that when you see his work, you're kind of like, I don't know why I like it, but I do, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and I feel like that's a quality any entrepreneur should have. You should make people ask questions. First of all, they should think you're crazy. Then when they see it, they're like, you know what? I like it. <laughs> and that's important for me is to make people really look at it and be like, wow, I didn't know I'd love it that much. Yeah, you can't see his face, but he's scratching his chin, chin, chin. Like, <laughs> I'm surprised that it was Michael Jackson, though, because your fashion sense, I can see the connection there a little bit. You don't have the sparkling gloves or anything like that. <laughs> I just, I forgot him today. I'm sorry. <laughs> In what ways does your background make it easier for you to succeed. Now we've had some conversations about sort of some of the social things that are going on in your country, but in what ways does your background make it easier for you to succeed? A couple of ways. Well, for me, I think the background and interest are two very different things. So I was interested in computing before I had a background in computing. And that for me was the game changer. As I said, when I got interested and started helping my folks out, with this business when I was younger, it opened my eyes to the possibilities of not just entrepreneurship, but technology in and of itself. And that's what led me to my background. So because of that prior experience going into computing, I already kind of knew how to move a little bit. And so then being able to go to college and get a degree in, in this particular field, it led me then to meet a couple of people 
to really ask questions. Because one thing is about me, and as I said, my sort of interest led to my background is I've always been so inquisitive. I want to know how things work. You know, when I was younger, my mom would always say I used to break all our torchlights because I always wanted to know where the light was coming from. I want to understand how that bulb worked. And I think that is exactly what has led me to where I am now. So as a black man, it's very easy. I mean, you get the door closed in front of you all the time. You know, nobody's really out here trying to inform you. Nobody's really out here trying to show you the way. So it's important that you have that curiosity to go and open that door for yourself. Pick that lock if you have to. You know what I mean? And I definitely think I did that. I, I was going to meetups. I was, I remember some days after work, this is going to sound so sad, but some days after work, I would just go by myself to just meet different people in the space, talk and do all sorts of things. And that was kind of what led me in, into crypto when we built our own stable cryptocurrency was because we were able to meet certain people that I wouldn't have met if I didn't have that inquisitive nature of asking, I want to know how this works. So yeah, definitely interest led to background and background has just, you know, made the interest explode. So that would be my answer to that question. So deep, so heavy. And so much grateful for you coming online with us because it's morning your time. It's evening over here. Oh, it's 1.30 a.m., but I'm here. 1.30 a.m. in the morning, but you couldn't tell based on your energy and the swagger you brought to the table. So, <laughs> yeah, speaking of swagger, how does being from Dublin in Ireland mm. give mm. you an advantage in Ireland's startup scene? Walk us through that because there are people who, you, you may be listening to this all over the world in your local startup scene. Give us some insight into Dublin. Good question. And for me, the, the number one thing is there aren't that many of us. And that's just the simple truth. You know, we make up less than zero point. We make up less than one percent of the Irish population, which is, I mean, we're black people are a minority in any part of the Western world. But in Ireland, there really aren't that many of us. And the few that exist, we are still very in that mindset of get a great job, do the nine to five, get promoted and just build up your career. And I think, as I said, I never really had that mindset. I did for a little bit when I left college. I was like, you know what? I need to go out into the corporate world and see what it's like. But that was, again, because I wanted to learn. I wanted to learn how you build a big business. I wanted to understand why the senior manager who don't got a, as great a degree as me is able to be a senior manager. What, you know, how do you network? How do you make connections? Stuff like that. So I think it's just about, the fact that we aren't that many and there aren't a lot of us like me who think like me to get to certain stages of life, especially in entrepreneurship, because everybody wants to be successful. And in fact, the, the black population in Ireland are, I think, in the top one or two percent of most educated population in the country. And, you know, it's all about career. It's all about getting up there in the big corporate job. For me, it was never it was never that. And I think that's definitely what has been my advantage. Going back to Esca Menu again, you had to, I know it's early, right? Uh, you <laughs> on paper, but if you had to strip everything away and so they just like took, they walked in, they took everything, but they let you keep one feature, one benefit, what would you ask to keep? My co-founder. <laughs> it's true. Because, I mean, you can... At the end of the day, tech is built by people. You can take away all the tech. You can take away all the features and everything. But it was our brains that brought this together. And if you take him away, I lose half my brain. So Honestly, speechless after that answer. And, and shout out to you. <laughs> Sounds like a great person. Uh, so <laughs> now 
you, you mentioned the various different options that people have in their careers, professional life, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Name a pivot. It's kind of like that moment where you reach a fork in the road and you could go forwards, backwards, left, right, sideways, diagonal. Name a pivot that you think saved your career. The move into data. I'll tell you why. So when I graduated, I was very close to going into med tech. I had, I was lucky enough. We had just won an award for being like, I think the best innovative project in our faculty. I had an opportunity to enter, to go into that company that gave this award, but I chose to go into the utility industry instead. Crazy. Um, crazy. So <laughs> I, I did that. And to be fair, it was what it was, was a graduate program. So what these are is companies sometimes give you the opportunity to taste different parts of the business and then pick what you like. And when I went into this business, I was in the software slash IT support team, if you would like. There was a promise of being moved into business analytics. And I was like, yeah, I want to do that. I want to see what that's like. Little did I know I was going to hate business analytics, but that's a different story. But anyway, I was being in this IT role and I was kind of being forced to stay there for a long period of time. And I was like, you know what? I don't want to do this anymore. So I told my management, I was like, look, either you move me to the data team because I've always been really interested in code. And as I said, when I was younger, I used to like sit at home and kind of watch like videos of programming and stuff. Still till today, I'm not a fantastic programmer. I'm not going to lie. But I've always been interested in coding. And every time I'd walk by their department, I just see a load of colorful lines on the screen. I'm like, man, that looks cool. <laughs> you know, so I got really interested. And I was like, I want to go back and learn how to do that properly. Yeah, I said, look, you move me there. I'm going to leave. I didn't, at this time, I had the fundamental coding experience from college, obviously. But I had never really followed up on it. I was always too busy chasing the business side of things. And then they moved me into that department and that was what changed everything. I learned 70% of the languages I know now, Python, SQL, C-sharp. I had always had web dev languages, but yeah, the real sort of core programming stuff, that was where I learned it. And if I didn't pivot into that, I don't know what I'd be doing right now. Thank God for that moment. Oh, hell yeah. Well, let's just take a minute and appreciate that. (laughs) Cool. So which communities have been the most helpful in growing your brand uh, in Dublin and your vision. You mentioned communities, you got to put them first and all that, but let's let's describe it for us. Like which communities specifically have been the most helpful to date in growing your brand, your personal brand uh, and your business brand? I'm gonna be honest, the Irish community. A lot of the people that I've met along the way have all been Irish. The most significant parts of my learning have come from, until, you know, quite recently, have come from Irish people. My previous manager in my old role, as much as she obviously, everybody has their own issues, but she was a great mentor to me on how to really interact with people. Because I think I get to the stage sometimes I get so engrossed in my work that I forget that there's people around me. And she really helped me sort of come out of that, come out of my head, as she would always say. And that really helped me in terms of obviously advice on the business. It's been, you know, certain accelerator programs, certain mentors. One of the nicest mentors that we had for one of my previous startups was an Irish lady who ran like a beauty school. And she was really influential 
in terms of just offering advice here and there. And then my friends as well, definitely my close circle of friends. But in terms of building my personal brand, it would be certain friends in my circle. And then professionally, it would definitely be certain members of the Irish community. Right on, brother. Uh, and we want to help too. So yeah. uh, tell us how we can. Like, How do you think Diverse Tech Founders, aka D-Tech Fund, can help your company? Well, bro, I, I want to meet more people like you. I think I said this to you before, but you know, Clubhouse has been a great tool for meeting people. Today, I got off a meeting with a lady I met on there. And we're cooking something up already for like Chicago. I'm not even playing like this is high level stuff. But, you know, I want more people like you, you know, people like her, people that think the way I do, that, that want to see us in high level positions. Because I'm, I'm very much of the opinion that if we do not help ourselves, ain't nobody going to help us as a community. And I want to meet more people that look like you and me that are trying to strive for similar things in terms of building businesses that benefit our community and black perspective in the world. And that's important because there are a lot of people that are out here in tech and, you know, great jobs and doing great things. And you don't know about them. I met a guy on again through Clubhouse recently, and you would not know that this man has been so influential in building some of the tools you and me use every single day in computing every day. And it got to the stage where he had always been in the background. And as soon as, you know, he told me a story, as soon as social media came out, he decided, oh, I'm going to go off on my own. This is just before like the, the epitome of Twitter, Facebook, ETC. I'm going to try to build something on my own. I've been doing all these things with other people for so long. Time for me to really show that it was me. And as soon as that happened, you, you started to see that all the connections he made, you know, investors, ETC, all started to pull away because they never knew he was black up until that point in time. And the problem, I think, in that is there are not enough of us out there or at least enough of us that we know of. Kids are growing up and looking at musicians and saying, this is what I want to be because that's that's who they see, you know. But I've always felt like if they saw more people in positions of leadership and power that look like them that'll change at least 40 percent of the aspirations of young black kids coming up and that will definitely change the trajectory of black wealth love it we can make that happen uh, also what a precise percentage of the change that would happen hey, listen ridiculous <laughs> with the numbers we love it <laughs> speaking of numbers okay do you want to run a billion dollar company why or why not? And we can say billion euro. We might get you a little bit more change. But the <laughs> question still stands. Do you want to hit the Billy mark and still be at the helm of that company? Walk us through that. I think it would be nice. But also, I feel like I don't need to be at the, the helm of the business to make significant change. I could be, you know, I'd be more than happy if I was able to build a Facebook-sized business and and sort of let go of the reins while I still had significant shares, I'd still be a billionaire, but I could do what I want. That would be it for me. But, you know, I mean, I'm never close to it, but I feel like when you get to that stage of running a billion dollar company, you're no longer running your company. You're running everybody else's. And as, as a creative, as you said, that might be a little bit of a problem <laughs> with me. But yeah, I mean, if it, if it'll help me make significant changes specifically in the black community africa 100 percent straight up i guess i'll do it yeah 
Why not? I mean, it's it's a Friday. Why not? <laughs> exactly. Yo, you know, <laughs> we go to Accra today, Lagos tomorrow. <laughs> hey, I like that answer though. That, that that's really insightful. So you have never been to one of our app launch parties yet, and it's not your fault. Okay, mm -hmm. uh, obviously the pandemic put us on the skids a little bit, but we're coming back. If you listen to this, that. Our fifth app launch party was not the last one. And at those app launch parties, which, by the way, super important for what you were talking about in terms of bringing people together, highlighting folks, supporting folks. I mean, it's rare to have a room full of people who are interested in tech in the way that we had them. New people, experienced VCs and the like. So my question for you is, at the end of the presentation, it's the founder speech, short four minutes, and then a Q&A. And in that Q&A, we get a range of questions from people as brilliant as yourself. Which question are you asking when we give you the mic? What's your strategy? What's your growth strategy? That would be it. Because at the end of the day, right, as I said, you know, over the course of this conversation, we can build things. That is not a problem. But how are we going to take those things and spread them across the globe and make sure people know it's us at the center of it? What is your growth strategy? How, how are you going to get out of America? How are you going to get to the UK? How are you going to get to, to, to London? Do you know what's crazy? Sorry, I just had a thought. You know Calendly? Mm -hmm. The app Calendly. I only found out a few weeks ago that it is a Nigerian man that founded that company. I was gobsmacked. That is growth. <laughs> that is growth but it's crazy that i did not know his name i found that so ridiculous and i was having i had a i was on a call yesterday and calendly has become that sort of like it's almost like a, a phrase now when you when you want to oh just I'll, you know i'll send you a calendly but i didn't know that man was nigerian i didn't know he was a black man i found i was it, it was upsetting to me so what is your growth strategy how are you going to make sure people know that this this business is you <laughs> we out here Love it. Well, when we pull you into the app launch circuit, that's the question we're going to ask you. So, <laughs> I'll make sure I have my answer written on my hand. <laughs> Just look at it real quick. You're a natural. So I know it may not seem like this, but you know we're going to give you some of your night back because uh, we've reached the last question. Well, almost the last question because the last mm -hmm. one is going to be a little bonus about how we can stay in touch with you even all the way across the pond in the way that we are but i have a follow-up with that that may be interesting to you we'll connect offline about that awesome what's the most valuable thing that you do for customers recognition the ethos of our business is to bring them more business is to make sure that people you know they are able to make more money or even start their business from nothing However, you cannot scale a business if you are not recognized. You know what I mean? And that is what Eska aims to do is to bring them outside of their Instagram pages and into the homes, minds, and mouths of the general public. You could imagine you're walking down the street instead of, you know, someone saying, oh, I want to order a Just Eat or I want to order, you know, let's go and go on Uber Eats and, and, you know, find something. It'll be like, Oh, yeah, no, let's go to Eska and get Chef Abby. I really liked her rice. Or let's go and go and just eat and get Chef John. His dumplings are the best. So making people their own brand, that is it. I recognize restaurants every day because those are brands. But if we can brand our community, get people to recognize them, they can then take their business wherever they want. That would be it for me. Love it. So important. All of your... 
uh, vision and what you've said today has been aligned with that purpose and just getting the word out and improving people's lives and their business by letting them do what they do to more people. So mm -hmm. Love that and genuinely enjoyed this interview. You are the <laughs> first Dubliner, okay, that we've interviewed on the awesome. podcast. Hopefully, not the last. I know you said that the community is small, but if it exists, we oh, it's there. So, so definitely plug us in there. But let us know, like, if you're listening to this right now, you're like, wow, like I never would have heard of Shalom until Eskimenu blows up and you as your personal brand blow up. But if this is your first time kind of hearing you and your dynamic story and people want to keep in touch with you, what's the easiest way to do that? For me, definitely hit me up on Instagram. That's my go-to social media page. The name is I am underscore Shal. If you want to reach out and maybe do something a little more official, get a call in the calendar, shalom at escamenu.com. So that's shalom at E-S-C-A-M-E-N-U.com. And then also, if you want to find Escamenu on IG, it's just Escamenu. Um, but yeah, definitely add me up on IG. Send me a DM. Let's, let's get to talking. Love it, man. Well, you heard it from the lion's mouth themselves lion is connected to ireland right lion I, 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 yeah, that's 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 colin mcgregor he's connected to ireland so yeah oh. <laughs> you're right oh, that's him you're right <laughs> you're right you're right now you're right though <laughs> yeah, it was a stretch i tried for it <laughs> Uh, but we have enjoyed this uh, genuinely. Uh, thank you for your time uh, and your patience. And we met probably less than two weeks ago, man. And here yep. we are having a really, really impactful conversation about what you got cooking for April. And I can't wait to see it. So thank, thank you, you for your time. And we will connect with you moving forward. Thank you. And thank you to your audience. Talk to you guys soon. Thanks for joining this week on Diverse Tech Founders with Abraham J. Williamson. If you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. You can do it right now. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us too. Thanks again.